All right, today is Open Theme Sunday, and the message I have for you that, that I believe the Lord has been speaking to me about is out of uh, Matthew 13, and the title is Full Immersion. Now, the meaning of immersion is an act of immersing, the action of immersing someone in liquid, i.e. baptism, like we witnessed today, including my young son, a state of being deeply engaged or involved. And I believe God calls us all to be immersed in the beautiful house of God, baptized in the house of God, that we will be engaged and involved and therefore see a harvest for our house and in our personal lives. And that's why I've gone with the seed harvest um, imagery today because I'm actually going to speak out of Matthew 13, uh, which is the parable of the sower. And, you know, some messages carry the tone of the father. That is um, corrective and crafting and shaping us. And I feel that this message today carries the tone of the father. And I want to remind us, he is a loving father. And it's because he loves us that he corrects and he crafts us. And so we're covered as he comes around and he hones parts of our lives. And it says uh, in Matthew 13, 9, I want to say this scripture first. He who has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him consider and perceive and comprehend by hearing. And Lord, I pray as the word goes out today that every heart would be soft and open to hear. Every ear would be open to receive your word, that we would comprehend and understand that which you have stored up for us today. I thank you, Lord, you have stored up promises and power and strength and rejuvenation for your saints here today. I thank you, Lord, the word goes out and it does not return void in C3 Silverwater today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Let me read the scripture over you today. Matthew 13, 3 to 8. A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell by the roadside, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they had not much soil, and at once they sprung up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they dried up and withered. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them out. Other seed fell on good soil and yielded grain, some a hundred times as much as was sown, some sixty times as much, and some thirty. Lord, I'm praying for every member of Silverwater Day, including Liam, who is doing the circuit here this morning, and we love him for it. It just wouldn't be Silverwater if there was not one random child doing the circuit. Thank you, Liam. I feel right at home. I pray, Lord, that each individual would reap their complete harvest, that which has been assigned to them. It would not be inhibited. It would not be held back, but they would reap their complete harvest in Jesus' mighty name. Now, I know this parable is essentially about salvation and and faith, but I want to liken it to our connection to the house today, a big part of which is relationship. Actually, relationship is like an anchor for us in the house of God. If I went around this room, 
many people, hopefully most people could say, I have a connection here, I have a connection there, I have a connection there. These are the relationships which anchor us and make us feel uh, a part of the framework of the house of God because we're called not to the fringes but to be a part of the framework, the, the in workings of the house of God. And I just know in these times in the earth we cannot afford to have any uncertainty about the house that we are attached to. Not just attending, but we sit under the covering of that house. And that's why it matters that we know that we know that we know that in our heart, this is my house. This is the house that the Lord has planted me in. You know, the, the house of God is not a social club we check in and out of. It's a sacred covenant. Now, I just want to give you a forewarning before I get into the throes of this message that it may sound a little bit like journal entries from Nat Taylor in her college years. <laughs> I'm going to draw a little bit on a few things that I learnt um, in those student years, throwback. Um, but today I want to talk about three reasons for disconnect for the saints. And I want to start by reading verse 6, three things that uproot the saints. So if we go to verse 6 of Matthew 13, it says, But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they dried up and withered away. The things that can potentially uproot the saints. I feel like I'm going to have a pastoral conversation here today. Many of these kind of conversations happen one-on-one -on -one or in small groups. I just thought I might take some um, pastoral insights and put them on the main table. Is that a good idea, Pastor Mick? Just, you know, let's just put it all out there and help everyone today instead of just a few individuals here or there. Now, I want to make a side note before I go into some of those things that can uproot the saints and acknowledge that there is such a thing as um, change of season. I believe we're called to a house. And, and for some of us, if you're really blessed, like the Sabbaths have been here how many years? 15 years. I mean, God clearly loves them because they get to stay for a really, really long time. Um, but I just want to acknowledge as a side note that there is a reality in life that there can be changes of season. And I want to say that from the beginning. Not that we should use that as a reason or an excuse to hop from house to house, from church to church, all right? So when the sun rose, they were scorched. Now, sometimes the heat of wounds or the heat of life's trials comes at us and it impacts us and we find ourselves scorched in life. Can I encourage you when those times happen to lean into the house of God with everything that is within you. Many times you'll feel like you want to withdraw. You'll feel like you want to flee the scene. You know, fight or flight. You get in flight mode and you want to exit the scene. But actually, when the heat comes and when you find yourself scorched, they are the times when you need to lean in and attach to the house of God with everything that is within you. Hold fast, my friends, and it will be a lifeline for you when everything else falls away, the house of God should be that one thing that remains. When finances crash, when relationships tumble, when there's chaos in your work world, the house of God should be that strong tower that you flee to and you find safety in. You find yourself in a safe haven. That is the house of God. Now, the enemy tries to uproot us in times of heat. This is what he does. Uproot us from connect group, uproot us from serving, from attending church, from key relationships. Because if he can 
isolate and separate us, then He's got us right where He wants us, backed up against the wall without the strength of the house of God coming around us. And the Scripture goes on to say, and because they had no root, see the root is the qualities and the character that enables us to remain It's the relationships which anchor us whilst the wind blows and the hail comes and the rain comes. The root is the anchor point. It's the strength. It's the character. It's the relationships that hold us fast to the house of God. And it goes on to say, they dried up and withered away. See, in many cases, in the separation and the isolation we are led away to a place. And in many cases, there's a fence around our heart. When we're off on our own, the word of life is harder to reach us because many times God uses the community of the saints to speak life and hope and light over us. He casts light through his word in conversation. And when we find ourselves backed up against the wall, maybe carrying an offense in our heart, isolated and separated, his word and his truth and his light, it's much harder to reach us. And then the enemy begins to take over the airways of our, of our hearing and our mind and those little weeds can't find their way in and entrench in our heart and before we know it we're stuck and in need of a savior amen so I want to talk a little bit about that today a sour spirit the nature of offense whoa who's excited about that (laughs) well who feels the power of God fill the room whoa (laughs) well last night I was a bit of a cranky pants nap wasn't I let's be honest I wasn't feeling very well wasn't feeling, my, my husband is a saint. Sometimes it's hard to live with a saint because they constantly call you into account by their saintliness. And it's hard, yes. Hartley was, um, what do you call on the deck? Like oiling the deck, like making it all glossy and nice because summertime barbecues are coming up, aren't they? Put them in the calendar. And so he was making that beautiful, which is what he does. Wherever Hartley goes, he makes things beautiful. I feel like I should say Pastor Hartley, but at home I just call you Hartley. Hartley's okay. So, um, and I wasn't feeling 100%. So I just sort of um, excused myself and went and lay down. And then maybe 20, 30 minutes later, I was a little bit annoyed that he hadn't come and check on me because he was preach prepping and he was deck oiling and stuff like that. Really good things. But I was like, um, and then I, I sort of met, wanted to let him know that I was annoyed that he hadn't come and check on me. And um, I caught a glimpse of my face in the mirror as I was letting him know that I was a bit annoyed that he hadn't checked on me. And I thought, OMG, no wonder he doesn't want to check on me. What a sourpuss. <laughs> the expression was awful. I had no idea. I was like, thank you, Lord, for the mirror moment. Sometimes we need a mirror moment. <laughs> You're off the hook, Pastor Hartley. You're off the hook. Sometimes we need a mirror moment. Sometimes a kind and trustworthy friend will provide a mirror for us. You know, I'm busy like correcting my daughter, Sienna, who has a very expressive face. And you always know what she's feeling without any words because it's written all over her face. And I'm always correcting her. Oh, you're better than that. Or you don't need to go there or rise above this, be the bigger person. And then I got my own check in. Whoa, shivers. (laughs) How disappointing. I'm so human. Wow. (laughs) Oh, Lord. 
But here's the nature of offence. It strikes and it seeps in. And I want to talk a little bit about um, my time as a college student. There are these threshold tests around our heart and our call in our life. And they really, really matter because on the other side of them is our harvest. And as a college student, I came in um, 18 years old to study dance uh, at C3 College over at Oxford Falls on the northern beaches. I was a simple country kid. I'd grown up in crops like that. I'd grown up in wide open spaces in the Barossa Valley, very protected, simple life. And I came to the city and it was like, wow, introduction to uh, Northern Beaches culture, Sydney city culture, C3 church culture. It was like baptism by culture. And there was a lot to acclimatise to. And I was very aware of, I felt quite beige by comparison. I felt simple. And um, I remember feeling like the youth scene at Oxford Falls was like a scene out of Baywatch. Does anybody even know that movie? Red swimsuits, long blonde hair, lots of fans around with everybody's hair blowing in the breeze. I felt like this is that and I'm not that. I was very aware. So I had my own insecurities going on. And insecurity is just conditions that are ripe for offence, rife for offence to take root actually. And so I was that kid trying to find my place. Now, week two of being in Sydney, I auditioned for the youth worship team because that is what you do, friends. You make inroads into the house of God. Service is one inroad, connect is another. And um, so, and I understood that because I'd grown up in the house of God and my parents had instilled that value in me. And so I auditioned for the youth worship team and I got put in, a, in one of the teams and I was the worship leader and there was all these cool kids. We were having an amazing time. We had about six months of amazing times. And then the guys in the band decided, Mel, that they wanted to be rock stars instead of worshippers. And um, I... Wanted to, I was a true-hearted, authentic little worship girl, and I still am. Not much has changed. And so they decided that they wanted to out me from the band, and they wanted to have their band and go and do Christian gigs and stuff like that, and that was going to be fun for them, and, but without me. And I, the rejection went deep. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but it went deep, and it probably almost cost me my call. See, my call was in the context of that house. It was going to be unlocked in C3 Oxford Falls, and I understood that. And so there was a test around that appointment, and um, I, it went deep, and um, if I wasn't careful, it would have hijacked my call. Now, I'm not going to men- mention the names of those team people because the beautiful beauty of it is that I'm still in relationship with them 20 years later. And actually, we're building the church together all over the face of the globe because when you let go of offence, relationship sustains. But when you don't, friends, oh, I think, oh, I felt that, amen. You got that. I felt that. When you let go of offence, relationship sustains. And relationship has got to matter more than those niggling little deals. Now, what was interesting is I, I kind of backed out of that scene I served in another team for a time. I went back to South Australia over the summer where my family was as a college student. I came back for the beginning of the next year. I looked across the courtyard and I saw members of this band across the courtyard. And as I looked up at them, I had an aha moment. I realised I could have retreated. 
I very happily could have gone back to South Australia, said one year of college was enough, I'm done, wash my hands of it. I could have made all the excuses under the sun, but honestly, that rejection would have been enough to hold me back if I let it. But something in me got over the hump of the rejection, got over the hump of the offence and came back to my call, came back to the place I was being pulled towards. And as I looked across the courtyard and I saw those kids, we were just kids, 17, 18, 19 years old. I looked across the courtyard and I saw them and I realised, I've passed a test. I made it back. I made it back. I've won. I've returned to my appointment when I could have let it uproot me. Now, here's the funny thing. Offence stays with us until we let go of it. Some of us might have some offence tucked up neat and tidy in our hearts this morning that we're not even completely aware of. And I, I didn't realise that I tucked it up in my heart. See, what I did is I deferred to another appointment. I worshipped with another band for a season. And then we had dinner with these pastors one night and um, they, they called me out on it. Uh, we were going at Hearts and I got married. We were going to re-enter the youth scene. I still had that offence tucked up in my heart, even though I didn't know. And my pastor friend said, Nat, you have to let go. I brought it up. I brought it up. The boys kicked me out of the band. I felt rejected and I, I, I did the whole victim thing. And, and maybe it was true. Yes, they did the wrong thing. Yes, they could have been kind or whatever, but our heart is our own jurisdiction. And she called me out on it and she said, Nat, um, you need to let go of that thing. And thank God for people that speak truth in love. Because only then, years later, did I let go of that thing. And so I was free of it and I could move forward in my ministry appointment. Amen. A messenger of truth is love at its finest. Events ha often happens around a context or a relationship in which we are called to bear fruit. The enemy foresees the fruit and aims to inhibit it. Respect and be patient in your places of contention. Therein lies your harvest. You know, Pastor Phil says, our angst is our call. The things that cause us angst, the things that really matter to us, that go deep, they are our call. They're actually woven together. I appreciate that. I'm going to talk about, oh wow, I've gotten past point one, Hartley. There's five minutes on the clock. I've got two more points. You're going to give me more time. Hello. That's because I was nice to him before. See? It comes around, it flows, doesn't it? One more minute. Oh, my goodness. All right, I'm going to skip. Is this helpful for someone this morning? I'm just being, I really, this, this kind of a message is about let me help you and Lord help me at the same time. Let's just be transparent. Okay, two more things. One is sometimes we come into the life of the church and we can't make friends and we can't get connected. The things that uproot the saints and make us move on. Um, well, who knows that we're all looking for likeness. Likeness is the most refreshing thing, isn't it? That person, I, I, I feel like it's a subconscious thing that we, we navigate towards likeness and likeness is home. And sometimes you meet someone, you're like, oh yeah, you feel like home. That's what we get when we come into the house of God. But it, it, sometimes we have to go and find it. 
in the house of God. Sometimes it doesn't get handed to us. You know, I believe there are also threshold tests on our way into planting and establishing in church. I believe the deeper we go in planting, the deeper we go in service, the higher the blessing, but also the higher the cost. You know, we can sit in comfort. Same seat. Who's got their name on their seat? Who? Right? Who always sits in the same seat? <laughs> We're such creatures of habit, aren't we? Same seat, familiar rhythms, but we are called to evolve and go from strength to strength to strength. Amen? Now, service, getting involved in serving and connect, being a part of connect group, um, requires something of us as well as the church. Really, um, it's about moving from attendee and partaker to co-laborer and building the house of God together. I believe God has a place for each individual woven in and grafted to the vine. Every single one has a place in the vine. Now, I respect the body of Christ in its breadth and its uniqueness. Um, It's so magnificent. And I believe we need to know our place within it, not float around the parameters of it, in Christ, loving Jesus, all of that, but really know our place within it. I remember as as an 18-year-old college student traveling across from South Australia to Sydney, pulling up at the house where I was going to live that first year as a college student, stepped out of the car and the Lord said to me, this is your new home. Now, he wasn't just talking about the house I was going to live at. He wasn't even just talking about um, the northern beaches of Sydney. He was saying to me, C3, Sydney, is your home. It's your sacred appointment. And here we are, I don't know, almost 20 years later, still embedded in this home. But I understood it was a sacred appointment. And that, that at times, my feelings to remain have been tested. I've given you an example of that. Do you know, through that season where I felt rejected and I felt displaced and I didn't feel like one of the cool kids, I still showed up and I worshipped. I still showed up and I served. And I, I honestly felt like I had to do that for about three years. If I'm getting really transparent now, for me uniquely to crash through all the cultural changes that I need to make from country South Australia, different kind of church into Sydney C3 Church, it probably took me all my college years until I felt like I'm a part of the place, honestly. So sometimes it takes a little bit longer than we'd hoped for. But that we, we, I thank God for my parents who imparted steadfastness as a value in me. And I understood, doesn't matter how I feel, I keep showing up because life will be cyclical, life will be seasonal, but the one thing that remains is the house of God and my place in it. Amen. And, you know, I've never entertained an alternative. If we're not careful, we can entertain lots of alternatives in our mind and we can waste harvest time. Whilst we're doing mental gymnastics about should I be here, should I be there, the grass is greener over there. No, just send your roots down and then you will flourish. Amen? Amen. I know the place the Lord has called me to. And call outworks in context. And if there's one thing that exasperates my pastoral heart, it's seeing the potential, but knowing that the roots just need to grow down and then the harvest will come. If we would just send our roots down, call out works in context, 
We all have giftings. You are so gifted. You are so amazing when I look at you. But without planting the seed, it just remains a seed of potential rather than bearing fruit. Full immersion into the house of God. If you need to take your next step in attending a connect group, go to the next step bar. Have the conversation. If you want to take your next step in serving and being a part of the workings of this house, then go to the next step bar. If you need to say, this is my house, I'm going to call C3 Silverwater home, then come to lunch December 3rd, sign your name up at the next step bar. We want to host you. We want to cover you. We want to see you woven in to this house. Amen. Okay, I'm going to ask the worship team to come and I'm going to um, finish, skip one point and finish with this. I'm going to talk about what determines our harvest here today. Um, Firstly, I want to say that alignment is so important, that the anointing flows through alignment to Christ and to his church. When you're yielded, I'm going to bow low to lift you high, Jesus. Whatever I need to let go of, when you're yielded, when your heart is nimble, I'm open to evolving. I'm not just going to get stuck. I'm not just going to sit in the same place. I'm going to evolve in you. I'm going to open my heart to that consecration, the separation of oneself from things that are unclean, that contaminates a relationship with a perfect God. I'm going to set my heart and my life on the altar. Consecrate me, Lord. Refine me, Lord. Now, the thing about refinement is that it's a lot like my Chinese masseuse. Like we say, yes, Lord, fix me. Refine me. Outwork yourself in me. When I go to my Chinese masseuse, it's like she hones in on the pressure point. She gets her elbow in there and she, I, she almost kills me every time. I don't know why I keep going back. But um, she hones in and it's like the Holy Spirit will hone in on an area and he'll focus in on it and he'll say, you don't need that knot in your system. Let me outwork that knot from your system today because your harvest day is coming. I want to send your full harvest. I want to release it over your life. Amen. You know, going into 2016, I had this word, break up the fallow ground. Does anybody remember it? And you know, fallow or unplowed ground, unplowed ground is ground that could be productive, but for whatever reason has not been broken up and prepared for planting. In essence, that word was about unearthing dormant potential and activating it. You know, the breaking up of soil in our life and the unearthing of potential can be quite violent, if I'm honest, but it's necessary. It can feel like you're under the elbow of the Chinese masseuse, like God is going to outwork stuff, but it's for the purpose of freedom. It's for the purpose of freedom in our life, ease and abundance that he would hone in on certain areas. And you know, I love the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. You know, the Lord distributes five, two, and one. With some, he's been so generous, like Melissa. I feel like he's been so, so ridiculously favoured, Melissa, when he gave her all those rich talents. And I respect your heart, which is yielded to lean in and come under the Holy Spirit so that a full harvest could be um, released on your life. I respect the hard work. I respect the unseen work that you do to bring forth the harvest in your life. Now, here's the thing it says. The parable of the talents is prefaced by Matthew 25. And it says this, Watch therefore, give strict attention and be cautious 
and active, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man will come. We are responsible before Him for our harvest. It says, give strict attention, be cautious and active. We can't afford to be found on autopilot. We need the great farmer to come around our lives and refine and mobilize. We're responsible for Him for our harvest. You know what the Holy Spirit's been saying to me lately? He's been saying, I've got you right where I want you. That's going to look different to anybody else. What I'm calling us up to today is to consider our harvest and to ask the Holy Spirit, am I where you want me? I really believe some of us are going to need to go away and reconsider some obvious pieces in our life. Some of us are doing good things, obvious things, but is it where the Holy Spirit would have us? In these days in the earth, we all need to take responsibility for our harvest and we need to ask Him, reassess, reevaluate as we come to the end of this year. Am I right where you want me? Full immersion, full integration for a full harvest. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we just stand right across this room? Lord, I, I want to pray first for those that have felt like there's something inhibiting your heart and therefore your harvest. Some of you, as the Word's gone out today and I talked about the nature of offence or those sticking points, I want to ask you just to lift your hand if that's you right across this room and you feel that there are inhibitors around my harvest. There are inhibitors around my freedom. There are things in my heart and my life that I need to be free from in order to move into a place of abundance. If that's you right across this room, I want you to lift your hand nice and high. Lord, I thank You that You see these open hearts. I thank You, Lord, You're a loving Father and You acknowledge our heart to be free, to be aligned, to be buoyant, to be riding in Your purposes. And so right now, Lord, I pray a release of these things that are offered to You, illuminated by Your Spirit right now. We speak freedom. We speak the fullness of life. I thank You, Lord, for the great exchange, the lifting of weights, the release of the things that have been sticking parts of our life and in exchange, the fullness of life, the fullness of freedom and the fullness of a harvest in Jesus' mighty name. I want to ask right now, everyone in the room to consider your appointment in the Holy Spirit. Why don't we just begin to ask Him right across this room, am I right where you want me, Lord? things I'm putting my hand to, the things that are preoccupying my mind, Holy Spirit, am I where you want me, Lord? Sometimes it looks like a picture, a feeling, an inclination, a tweak, a shift, a change. But those things that come up in your mind, in your heart right now, I want to ask you to honour that.
that which He is revealing to you, that which He is speaking to you about today. Don't let the seed fall to the ground and die. Rather, take it in your hand and outwork, outwork that change. Follow that lead. Talk to a pastor or a leader about that inclination that you're getting so that you can go from strength to strength. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for the harvest that is in the hearts of your men and women, the harvest for their personal lives, the harvest for this house. Lord, it's sacred. It matters to you. I thank you, Lord. We are knitted together in our mother's womb. And even from there, you see our potential. You see our purpose. You see our giftings. You see our sacred appointment. And Lord, I just call forth the harvest in the lives of these men and women, the fullness of the harvest that you've intended. I pray that there would be bountiful, bountiful appointments and and incoming and shifting and changing for these men and women. I thank you, Lord, that a harvest is a vast thing. I thank you, Lord, that it's not meant to have parameters. It's like wide open fields, rambling hills, carrying tall stalks and and going as far as the eye can see. This is the nature of the harvest. I thank you, Lord, that you're not a God of confinement. You're a God of abundance. And I pray right now that you would enlarge the place of our mental territory to acknowledge the fullness of the harvest that you have for us individually and for this house. I thank you, Lord, that C3 Silverwater is not small is not called to be small, is called to great impact. I thank you, Lord, this auditorium will be filled with multiple services, one after the other. Families coming in, sending their roots down and flourishing in this house. And I thank you, Lord, every person in this room as they're planted 